I'm a reasonable man. Just tell me what you need. You know what I need? I need to get out of here before I puke all over your fancy shoes. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome back to another episode of Postalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are doing a uh, an anniversary review. Uh, but joining me on this episode is guest Stephen from Screen Addicts. How you doing, Stephen? Peter, it is a pleasure to be returning to your show, and I couldn't be more excited about it. I, I don't think you've reached the five timer. What, what's the SNL thing called? Five timers club? Or is that five times? Right? No, I think I'm. No. I think this is number yeah. four, four. The big quattro. Yeah. yeah. So Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Big Trouble in China. Right. The Bloodsport. Uh, blood oh, and then uh, when we had the game, the movie game, the movie trivia game. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so that's four. So yeah, this is five. The big Cinco. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there, there you go. Yeah, the five, five nice. timers club. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, uh, a small pool of it. We haven't had guests in a while, but you know, if you guys haven't picked up on it yet, uh, Mariano is uh, sitting this one out. Um, but we are reviewing 1993's Only the Strong, uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be a traditional nostalgic review. It's been, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I think the last movie review I threw on here, I had guests, um, uh, uh, Shanna and, and Pialani do Joyride for me. Was that it? Well, I had an interview recently with Junior. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's been a while. And this is a movie, you guys, I've been wanting to talk about for years. Like, it's it's crazy that it's taken me nine years of podcasting to finally get to this movie. Um, I'll share a little bit about that. But Stephen, for those that uh, have not heard you on those episodes, which are a lot of my recommended ones, you know, when when I tell people, oh, okay, yeah, I got a movie podcast and be like, oh, what, what should I start with kind of thing? I recently, literally just last week, I told a guy, check out my um, Big Trimble Little China episode. Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> like one of my personal favorites. Um, so, uh, yeah, Screen Addicts, it, it's been uh, through a bit of a change. You guys still got the same name, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, everything's been uh, pretty much the same. Uh, we used to have three hosts. It was me, my good friend Chris, and my good friend Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy got a new position with his company, so he had to advocate his seat, if you will. And it was just me. It's just been me and Chris for the last, I guess, almost two years now. And and things have been going really well. You know, the 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 podcast. You know, again, Screen X podcast. We just basically talk about what we've been watching throughout the week we'll chronicle or we'll take note of things that we're watching throughout the week and then we'll review it and it's also tied into specific topics and it usually pertains to movies that are coming out that week so if a movie's coming out we'll, we'll figure out the genre or branch off a topic for that movie and basically we usually do a ranking system and we'll rank our top three favorite movies of that particular topic. And yeah, like I said, we've been going on year seven now. So it's been, it's been a long run, man. And it's funny how much time passes and me and Chris, we were just recording yesterday and we thought, man, this is insane. How, how fast this goes. And you know, when it's not work, sometimes it just, time moves faster and it, it's just been a pleasure to be able to do that show with Chris and things are still full swing ahead. And, you know, we've got some other things cooking up that I'll probably share later on, but as far as that, you know, the show has been going great. And again, you know, thanks for having me on, man. It's, I, I love this show and uh, you know, 
you know, sitting in for Mariano, those are some big shoes to follow. Cause I listened to every single one of your episodes. I love it. I love your, the style. I love the layout. I love everything about it. Not to mention the fact that Podstalgic, it just, it taps into so much history of being a cinephile and you pick movies that I have seen more than a dozen times, more or less. And I just, there's so much association to that. And much like the movie of this week, I absolutely love it. And I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, and, and thank you for, for the kind words, but also uh, congrats to, you know, to you guys for seven years, you know, yeah. like I, uh, I think, no, well, I, I just said it, you know, I've been podcasting for, for over nine years and it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, how many people I've come across that I was just like, oh, wow, I, I, I love what they do. And they're gone. Like yeah. a year, two years, they're gone. They're done. They're in podcasting is like a distant memory to them. I'm just like, wow, that's, you know, life gets in the way and I totally get it. And, you know, like uh, at some point I'll be hanging up the microphone and, and headphones as well. But um, it's just, it's just a podcast game. You know, it's not for everybody, but um, it's just sad when it's uh, a lot of times, it's not just the content for me sometimes sometimes it's, it's the people you know like right. i love the chemistry or or it's the host or whatever i, I, I want to support them and so like when they you know life gets in the way and they have to call it quits it's just like it, it's really sad so it's awesome to see you guys and and the fact that you continue to do that always um uh, gives me great pleasure as in like I can still reach out to Steven as well to to host because like I feel when people give it up it's like well I don't I I may not have time to be your guest you know but if you're still mm -hmm. doing it there's still you know a pretty good possibility so well you uh, you wrote me in with your movie selections is what you do <laughs> you're very savvy about it you say oh uh, do you want to talk about Bloodsport uh, hell yeah I want to talk about Bloodsport Big Trouble in Little China is this going to be a five part episode because that's how far I could go into it and it's funny just much similar to this one it, it's been a while that I've, I've heard from you and it's just because we're busy but we always you know interact online and stuff so it's always not, not like we haven't spoken in years or anything but when you sent the message like have you seen only the strong i'm like oh yes please tell me we're gonna do only the strong and surely enough my dream came true <laughs> yeah I, it would have been funny i was like i was just wondering if you happen to have a link so i can watch it for a review <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know something oh, like that like i um I don't. It, it, was that pretty much how I just asked you? It's like, hey, have you seen Only the Strong? Or did I ask like if you'd be interested in returning as a guest and then the movie? I, I, I kind of forget. I, I think it was a little bit of both, actually. Okay. I think that was kind of the way that you formulated the question. It's like, would you like to, you know, come back on the show as a guest and talk Only the Strong, something like that? I'd have to go yeah, back. Yeah, and yeah. But I was like. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And how many yeses can I give? And, you know, not without sounding like a fanboy or anything like that. But I was like, keep yeah. it cool, man. Just say yes and move on. <laughs> That's it. If he wants to invite me, he will do so. But yeah, no, yeah. It's it's just like, um, you know, like, you know, I, I follow your accounts as well. We're friends on Facebook. So uh, I I feel like I have a pretty decent pulse on, on uh, you know, like if there's a, a movie, you know, who I can ask, you know, mm -hmm. Um so yeah, it's it's very specific type movies, and, and I'm glad you know you you bring it each time, and you know with your wealth of knowledge, and you know listeners at home or viewers on YouTube, uh, we are recording up pretty much almost an hour and a half later than than the the time we were supposed to start. <laughs> we were catching up like that could have been a podcast on its own. Yeah, so we're only probably. finally getting to the review. 
Okay, so um, again, we are talking about uh, the 1993 film Only the Strongs, uh, starring uh, Mark Dacascos. Uh, do you say Dacascos or Dacascos? I always said Dacascos. I'm not, I'm not I really. I like that better. I think that's. I think that's the way that it's said. I'm not entirely. I'm sure. sure. You know, like this is like me failing here as a host. Like I usually, if I don't know the pronunciation, I'll try to like look up in an interview. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, like I've seen a number of Iron Chef America. You know, where he's a chairman, the host. Yeah. And, like, or you would imagine his name has been. You know, like he's introduced on every episode. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, he's. The, Okay, let's see here. Before before we get into all that, right? So it's been a while. We got to do it proper. So um, that's the movie. And so that came out in 93, specifically August uh, 27th here, according to the Google machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to save the song last. Um, some movies. So I typically do the weekend of, but I think August in 1993, there's just too many to not name. Um so a uh, an actor here that we have collaborated on here with uh, Hard Target mm. also came out uh, August of that year. Oh wow! Okay, um, let's see. Fatherhood came out that same year. Oh yeah. Now uh, I know a lot of people, including myself, have some uh, strong opinions about this actor, but I really uh, do enjoy the Man Without a Face. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, that 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 movie. Um, I thought it was a really great. It struck me if I'm wrong. His directorial debut, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a really good one. You know, it's just it's just a really good movie. Um, Surf Ninjas, right? I've also done that. That was the same month. Uh, another favorite. Um, I have someone in mind for this future uh, review because we. It's on one of our episodes. Actually, that was the story I was going to share with you before we start recording. Uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher oh, is, is is a movie that uh, um, Michael and I have talked about over at Original Remake because we talked about that on our uh, A Star Is Born episode, mm-hmm. where we're like, "Oh, if they redid this, you know, what can we do?" And so I'll sh- I'll share that story that I was going to share with you on this podcast. But the end of Original Remake episodes, we discuss, oh, like if they were to redo this story again, what's what's another way they can go with? Because we we've seen it all uh, many you know different ways in Hollywood, and I was like, how about something like with with sports, like some kid that is like a savant at something, you know? And and then I brought up like searching for Bobby Fischer as as an example, and he's like, I love that's one of my favorite sports movies. And and I was like, we should do that for Paul Sajic kind of thing. And um, then I said, yeah, you know, like if it was like sports, you know, maybe like if they did basketball, you know, something like the air up there or Kevin Bacon, you know, where he goes, like, you know, something like that. And then guess what? We got a movie called The Hustle come out, right? Or is it just called The Hustle? Uh, Adam Sandler? Oh, Hustle. Yeah, just Hustle. Hustle. Just Hustle. Okay. You saw that one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you know who wrote that movie? I do not. He wrote. He also wrote A Star Is Born. Oh so God. I feel somebody listened to an episode of A Star Is Born and hear these guys pitch. You need to get something some, like the air is there. Yeah, you need like, to get they, some representation ASAP, man. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was very timely. I go, we very well could have heard that. I'm not. I'm not alleging anything. He, but but the timeline fits. He could have heard that. That's a good idea. You know, wrote wrote a uh, what, what do they call it a um something uh script right uh like a treatment script. yeah 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 so they, they could have done something like that and and uh, hey it's it's kind of like the air up there you know something and, and that's what it was so we could totally do the air up there and uh uh hustle you know like it's almost very similar 
Anyway. Uh, oh, and I would be uh, well, the fugitive. Got to mention the fugitive. Mm. Um, you also may lose your breath over this one. Uh, I also did not see the fugitive. Hugh. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> I had a my birthday party this year. I turned 40. Right. Same and me. Yep. Um, my theme, my wife is great about creating these movie themed birthday parties for me. Right. She, yes. she starts from scratch and I, I share it. You've probably seen it this year. The theme was the fugitive. So we had meal, our meal and snacks were catered around things that transpired in the fugitive, because that is one of my all time favorite movies. I absolutely love that movie as a 10 year old. I don't understand what I was so drawn to it, I guess. Cause Han Solo was in trouble and I, or Indiana Jones, however you want to see Harrison Ford, he was in trouble and I just didn't like him being in trouble. I don't know, but the movie holds up to this day, just the way that it's written. The script is so brilliant. And I cannot believe you haven't seen the fugitive that kills me. Mariano and I have talked about because that came out the same year. Ooh, no, 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 no. I think New Jack City was 91. Yeah, that sounds right. 91, okay. 92. Yeah. That, I know at some point Mariano and I talked about The Fugitive and then he also brought up U.S. Marshall. Right. The sequel. I, yeah. And so that was a discussion. And I think he was saying we should, we got to at least do The Fugitive. You know, something mm-hmm. like that, that discussion was definitely had. And I feel like it was on this podcast. Um, yeah. I just kind of glanced over the, the rest of the month um, here at Heart and Souls, personal, one of my personal favorites. Oh, Downey also, Jr., right? Yes, yeah, Downey Jr. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, uh, and it's, it's crazy because Tom Sizemore and uh, Charles Grodin are both spirits are in that movie. They yeah. both have since uh, RIP'd. But yeah, oh, reviewed right. that one. Um, yeah, I love that movie. And isn't Elizabeth Shue the Elizabeth Shue's the love interest? Okay, yeah, it's all coming back to me. I haven't seen that movie forever. Yep. Um, I I mean bias, but I think it still holds up. Like it still makes me cry. Every time they did every time they ghost on uh, little Thomas, you know, I shed a tear. Yeah, no tear. Uh let's see here. Oh, and the last but not least, well, my boyfriend's back. I don't know if I finished saying that. No, you haven't said that one yet, but that's okay. a that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, the, the song also kind of makes that movie. Right. And uh, Meteor Man, same month. Man, let me tell you, I I just posted something about Meteor Man and how it's the 30th anniversary. And I, again, we do parties, not necessarily for my birthday, but if there's a big big anniversary for a movie we'll we'll have a party just at the house and meteor man is actually on the list and i knew it came out in august but i was like man we're so busy but that is one of the most underrated superhero movies of all time and what's funny about meteor man is it's lopped in with these other superhero movies that came out in the 90s where production companies couldn't get rights to marvel or dc so they had to come up with their own characters that's why you saw a lot of the shadow the phantom meteor man blank man and some of those were old serial comics from back in the day that's what i was gonna say but they the the copyright or the distribution for it was a lot cheaper because they weren't owned by marvel or dc so when robert townsend made the meteor man again 10 years old that comes out i absolutely love that movie and I think it still holds up today. I mean, it's the effects for 93 are actually really good. And he does have a power in that movie that to this day, I wish I had where he touches a book and he knows everything in the book for 30 seconds. Granted, only knowing it for 30 seconds is quite a limitation of power, 
But still, I hope to think that you could retain everything in that 30 seconds so that way you remembered it. Because, man, I'll study something or I'll read a book. I'm like, I don't want to read this whole book. I wish I was Meteor Man. Touch it. I already know everything that happens. And Or Johnny Five. Yeah, or, yeah. or just flip you know, through. He but reads man. it in 30 seconds and it, oh he retains God. everything. I agree. Uh, and some years ago, I actually um, I, I have a picture with a cosplayer. And it's it looks so good. I'm gonna have to pull that up for oh, you. Man. Uh it was it was it was here in Portland, probably Rose City Comic Con. And I just walked by, I was like, no way. Like <laughs> there's there's Meteor Man. And and um I, I had to get a picture. You mentioned it holding up, I'm sure it's still very good, but I do wonder how does the homeless man does that change anything for oh, people shit. at the end of the movie? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I take it back. Uh, Bill Cosby mm. is in uh, not in the brightest of lights anymore. Damn it, yeah. Meteor Man's ruined. That's the real villain of the movie was Bill Cosby. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone could go in and like uh, you know retroactively like change. Like okay, well, it appears that he kind of saved things at the end, but like. Let's yeah. get the Robert Townsend cut where he, he just yeah. removes Cosby out altogether. I'm sure Golden Lords don't have do shit it. on Cosby. <laughs> yeah. I it would be interesting to rewatch it and see if you could like cut them out somehow. And you know, how could we you know, like the, the you know, as like um most movie podcasters, right? Like we often talk about like maybe what we could have filled in in a gap to make a movie better or, you know, things that we could have done differently um, watching these type of movies growing up and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, we continue to find out about like, Oh, you know, that, that scene always played a little weird to me, but then in hindsight, we find out like in special, um, uh, uh, what, what are they called? Special, like special editions, like the, the, you know, like the supplemental materials, you know, from like DVDs and stuff like that. We'll, we'll find out from these like years later, mm-hmm. you know, all, all these interviews like, oh, yeah, well, it was filmed this way. And then we had to cut it for whatever reason. You're like, oh, man, that would have been really cool. So that's that's the type of stuff that I like and eat up. And if I can mm-hmm. find anything out about the movies that we review, I try to bring it up as well. So but I, I, I'm sure there's a way to cut that character out. You know, you might be like, well, that seems a little weird, but it still kind of plays, you know, like, yeah. it, it we just say like, oh, well, it's 1993, you know, that's, that's what happened. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll uh, move along from there. So those were the movies of August of 93, uh, of wow. a variety of like good and bad and, and uh, everything you'd think about like, as an early 90s movies. So this one here, um, I want to see before I reveal the number one song at the time of this movie's release. Do you want to try to guess it? Like maybe asking a question or two. I um. Oh my you know, gosh. Just... Um, it, I mean ninety three. Let's see. Uh, because yeah, we're we're two years removed from Whitney Houston, so yeah, it can't yeah. be the body. I mean, I know that thing stayed on the charts forever, but I, I was and, it... and just on on that real quick. I feel there was like two maybe three episodes maybe not even um uh like in in chronological order but there was like i, I remember there was like a few movies me and mariano were like that song again like it's, it's still yeah because we're doing the anniversary thing you know and so if we're going in order yeah it's that's it's it's still rules number one and so he was basically like saying like, I, I can't wait till we get past when he used it you know, you know I, just... I i had this weird thought and i may i could have the year completely off but it could be 92 when this movie came out but if free willy came out the summer of 93 then michael jackson had that number one hit song you remember from free willy the um uh, 
I do. Uh, I'm not seeing it on on 93 as okay, a number so maybe one it was song. 92 when Free Willy came out because that would have been my guess. But mm-hmm. other than that, I I have I mean I have because hip hop influences didn't really take over number one until I guess around the mid 90s, mid to late 90s. So I I would think it would be mm-hmm. something more. Well, I guess. Well, you know, you're probably right. Looking through this right now, it's mostly R&B. Right. Uh, it's a contemporary. Um, and I believe one hip hop song, you know, I'll, I'll give that one to you because it's not it. Informer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> that was, uh, let's see here, looks about seven weeks. Uh, that was number one for seven weeks, uh, early 1993. Uh, let's see here. They... Um, I don't know how to describe the band, but the song is a cover of okay. a very popular song from the early 60s. Okay. Can you name the band or the the group? Original or artist? Yes, the original artist. Okay. And if you can't get it by this, then I don't know what to say. Okay. The original artist of the, the song is Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. So, can't. Can't help falling. You be you be four oh. You be four oh. Yeah, yes, yeah. I got it. <laughs> oh my gosh, because I was like thinking, not too many songs were remade. Because I mean, you had "Can't Help Falling in Love," and then you had mm-hmm. a little less conversation, but that was still Elvis, and then. It, it was just like remastered, it was a like cover. remixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 was a, a let me see, and that was number one for also seven weeks, like Informer. So that ruled. Wow. Um, the later, yeah, later half of July and all of August into early September, and that's the song. That's probably the first song I can recall uh, in terms of you know my earliest memory of of. Like, hey, no, this this is Elvis. Like, you know, why is another artist or another band recording like the same song? And yeah. it was explained to me like, oh, sometimes they're just paying tribute, you know, to like you sure. know the former artist, you know, that, that that kind of thing. And so, so can't help falling in love was like first um, cover I ever, or I I would know to be a cover. Same. I'm sure yeah. there were like songs from the 80s or even mm-hmm. 90s that I would end up finding our covers later on. Man, and it had such a like UB4. Is it UB40 or UB4? I've always I, said 40. I've yeah, said I've 40. said both. So I don't even know. But they uh, that song it had such a reggae sounding feel. And then you see the yeah. singers, yeah. and you're just like, um, <laughs> I didn't think they were these. I mean, are they Australian or I know they're not American. I don't even remember. But I just was thrown aback by that. I was like, that voice does not sound like it came from that singer. But yeah, so uh, Wikipedia says they are an English reggae and pop band formed in England. Okay. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, hits of 50 singles in the UK singles chart. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a huge song. It was was very very different and uh, huge songs may come up in our conversation for this upcoming movie of only the strong mm-hmm. um if i haven't mentioned it uh before this uh, movie is uh, written and directed by sheldon uh, Lidditch, which mm-hmm. uh, he also did double impact did, double impact right but i was like did he do any of our other movies but he um he had a part in i don't think it was i, I think he script doctored um the uh the one that's kind of like 
forgive me guys like i haven't it's been a while since i've it's like riding a bike you know like i'm <laughs> yeah. struggling right now but i'll eventually get there um, I'll, I'll hold you up the right. movie okay okay the movie that's like bloodsport but not bloodsport lionheart no 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 the, the, the one that van damme did himself the directorial oh, debut. the quest the quest the quest thank you yeah. also like the journey that didn't sound yeah. right the quest i believe he script doctored that but uh I yeah think, he did i think impact. he directed lionheart too now that he i'm did, thinking he about. definitely okay. did lionheart yes yeah so that's probably uh, i Ashley Johnson was just in town and um for the Comic Con. Oh, she was a baby in that. She was. And uh who was I telling? I was telling my my buddy, uh, because he he really wanted to see her for like growing pains, all these other things. I was like, Mm -hmm. uh Put some, put some respect on her name, man. She was in Lionheart as a niece. <laughs> you know, and he's like, what? I go, yeah. Her dad man. died, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> anyway, so they, he didn't remember that. But um, <laughs> it's funny, like, where our minds go to. But Lionheart underrated uh yes. i think that that's a that's a definitely a strong one and i did a van damme top five van damme like back in 2015 or something like that too and i i, I know i at least mentioned it i don't remember it in my top five i'd be surprised if it didn't make my top five to be honest with you um that was definitely yeah. uh van damme's go-to theme right uh fighting competitions that's yep. that's very loud in a lot of his films and lionheart man that's a that's a that's a van damme classic man yeah, and and Sh- Mr. Sheldon Littich here, he collaborates with Van Damme too. So mm-hmm. um, I I think he did Legionnaire with him too. I don't remember what, oh, what right. role specifically. Uh, I was just kind of like you know scrolling through the the credits and whatnot. But uh, there's also a story by uh, uh, Louis uh, Esteban or Louis Esteban, mm-hmm. uh, who is also Brazilian number two. <laughs> I I I don't know if he's the one with the speaking lines with with the. Uh, you know, like the like um, Silvario, yeah, Silvario's um. Oh, Silvario. Oh, and only the Silvario's. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it might be his right hand man, the one with the speaking line. I'm not sure. I saw like a picture of him like fighting at the let's call it the campfire. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, he was like one of the fighters there, and they had weapons. But I don't know if that was like some sort of publicity photo or not or, or whatever. So. Uh, just to name a few people that uh, were in this movie, as a reminder, if you guys haven't seen this in a while, which, by the way, uh, there um, is an account that has the entire movie up on YouTube. You guys want to check that out? Um, to see Mark uh, DeCoscos is, I, I believe, what what we're going with is uh, Louis Stevens, and he's the lead here. Stacey Travis plays uh, former love interest, maybe current to who knows, Diana. Um, Paco, uh, oh boy, Piero, uh, is uh, Silverio, which is the the the, the baddie, um, not like a looking good looking hot girl, but uh, the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> let's see, Free Lewis, rest in peace, Mr. Kerrigan, who is the um, oh, see, he was like a mentor to to Lewis, and uh, I'm looking for the other. See, Ryan Bowman is Donovan, or one of his students, but um, these are in a really weird order. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for Orlando. There it is. Orlando, played by Richard uh, Coca. He mm-hmm. was also in an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, the, I believe the episode was called All American. And I remember in that episode, uh, since it's about, you know, um, Latinx, you know, who are, it's like high school and they're on the football team, but they're, you know, people of color. And so it's like that whole last thing. And there was like a, a party in one scene and then they used a, a scene of um Sabamba uh mixed in it and it was where like um I guess outside of a party and then Bob like rides off on his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah they cut that in there into that episode so that was funny to see. 
this movie refresher let's see here a um a former army soldier he returns back home to find that his high school got worse i guess you know i don't know if it got worse or just um but he goes back and it's bad and he has capoeira experience maybe from the army not sure his time in brazil and um yeah decides to uh the, the, his mentor decides to uh, help him jumpstart some some program and they said let's start with the bad kids and see if we can teach them discipline and turn them good mm-hmm. i'm missing anything out there that's no, pretty that much covers just, it yeah okay so what is your history with this movie because you said you've seen this a number of times and um you know this this movie real quick i remember one of the first times that i brought this up in conver- like podcast conversation there was a podcast i blanket on the name i was never a guest but i was asked to be on a guest and uh as a guest and they said uh basically they review rotten movies and they said if you have one in mind you know we'll you know pencil it in or whatever and you know get back to you if we ever decide to do that and i was like oh yeah only the strong and he looked it up and at that time i feel like it's changed he said at the time he was like oh my god i've never seen a movie with zero percent i go yes yes zero <laughs> percent at the time, and this was a long time ago. The disrespect. <laughs> yeah, so don't look it up because that's something we'll definitely go through uh, at the end, and hopefully it's it's gone up. But yes, the disrespect indeed, because um, I I see no problems with this movie. But yeah, yes, share your history with this one. Okay, only the strong. You said it was released on August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety three, which is perfect for this story. It all fits because my birthday is August twenty eighth. So. Every time it was my birthday, my mom always would either have a party or something for me. So she would always uh, do that, but also take me to the movies, right? So I'll never forget it. She actually took me to two movies that day just because we were, we had nothing else to do. And I asked her, I was like, can I see two since it's my birthday? And my mom, oh, her little baby, her little angel, of course, she's going to take me to see two movies. So those movies that I selected on that day were Surf Ninjas and only the strong. So it was a double feature of martial arts for me, two different disciplines, mind you. And when I saw one obviously is formulated for kids, everybody who knows surf ninjas knows that it's from the producers of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles film franchise at the time. It even had Kino in there and Ernie Reyes jr. And it's just such a great fun movie. And it still holds up for your family. And that one was nice and light. So then me and my mom, we go watch only the strong And my mom was still apprehensive about, you know, watching R-rated movies. But then I said, no, it's PG-13. It's okay. So she's like, oh, okay. Even though it didn't matter, my dad took me to all the R-rated movies anyway. So we go and we watched it. And I will never forget my mom was so invested in this movie. She absolutely loved it. She got into it as much as I did. She was also, I'm pretty much certain she was very fond of Mark Dacascos from a physical standpoint, as I get it, the dude's a stud, you know, and I, but I just absolutely loved it. And the fact that we haven't started the chant, the Banana Way chant in this recording is shocking to me because that is one of the most memorable things from this movie personally is that chant, the banana way. And it's like, it's been uttered throughout so many, so many of my friends, like any of my friends that particularly have a fondness of action, martial arts movies, they all know. I'm like, if I say only the strong, what do you think of only the strong? They start the banana way capoeira chant. And it's just so ingrained with that movie. And it's so ingrained with, with us from a historical sense that, that's something that I can never forget. And 
I just absolutely love the movie. I've watched it multiple times throughout my entire life. I've had it's one of those movies that crossed the threshold as far as like VHS to DVD, right? But they don't have a remastered version of it. They don't have a Blu-ray cut of it, no 4K at all. I don't even know if it's been remastered. And I think that the copy that has been uploaded, you said there's one uploaded on YouTube. That's probably the SD version because it's never been remastered before. I, I think I saw it on uh, on Prime Video streaming, but I don't even think that it, that's this was years ago. I don't even know if it's still on there anymore. But the last time I noticed that it was on there, the streaming feed didn't even really have it in 4K. It was just kind of a upconverted SD version. So there's still no print of it. I, there must be an original print of it. And it's just kind of disappointing that it hasn't been released on Blu-ray because I still buy hard copy, hard, hard copies of stuff. You know, it's just the nostalgic factor that we inhabit. So I absolutely just, I love the story. I love the fact that there is the big bad in this movie that Silverio, it, it's a very um, almost trope in action movies where the big bad knows probably a little bit more of the same discipline that the main hero does. Cause it's like this Brazilian mobster, of course he knows Capoeira, you know, of course he does. So the fight choreography was very different. It was very different, especially in 93 when you were used to seeing stuff with, you know, Seagal's hand-to-hand combat, you know, Van Damme, he, he's got a swing in legs and stuff. And you, you saw the movement of Lewis Stevens' character and the way that he's teaching these kids, this back and forth chef, you know, the shifting of feet and, you know, just the Brazilian Capoeira style. And, I'll never, I'm almost certain that DJ in Street Fighter 2 is probably inspired by this movie. They're like, oh, we've got to have a character like that in this movie because I always think of one and the same. And I just absolutely love this movie. I think it holds up as far as an action movie goes. There's nothing groundbreaking about it. There's nothing about it that's going to make people think, wow, this is a this is one of the most groundbreaking action movies of the day. But I do respect the fact that they brought in a new discipline that nobody ever saw. And to be honest with you, I don't think has ever really been showcased in any action movie since then. I, I feel like only the strong has really secluded the Brazilian Capoeira style from a film historic sense. Because like I said, I haven't seen any movie since then that has focused on it as a whole discipline. You may have characters that may have Capoeira style, but never to where it was being taught like this. M- you know, much similar to how like Mr. Miyagi would teach Daniel you know, his style. And I, I don't know. I'm curious to think what you, what you think of the movie. Cause I just, I absolutely love this movie. I, I do. I do too. I, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, like upon my rewatch, I was just like, it has everything there that makes a good, a good film. Like I, I think it's well-directed. I thought it was well, well choreographed, but the funny thing is on IMD, IMDB, there's actually a quote in here. Um, you know who the fight choreographer is? Do you want to even take a guess? Like, like this, just think, of, of course it is, right? Like, you know, that, that's, that that would be your response if I told you who the fight choreographer is. Just take a guess, a wild guess. Um, See, I'm thinking Sheldon Littich. I mean, not Van Damme. He wouldn't do anything like How about Frank Dukes? Yes, it's Frank Dukes. <laughs> you know, I, I knew that because it's just like I don't. I don't think of it unless I know it because I'm thinking Sheldon Littich, you know, he was a he did work on Bloodsport. He's done work on a lot of Van Damme movies. So that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, Van Damme, who's somebody that and Frank Dukes, man, this guy has got a history 
in the film business too just like such a bullshit artist man he's like almost a con artist in some cases because people were debunking a lot of his world records which right. is crazy and disappointing from from a fan sense because you were you want to believe that this frank duke's character in Bloodsport was legit but the more things i've read about the guy the more that a lot of these things were fabricated which is very unfortunate but yeah i remember thinking or i remember reading at one point that frank duke's was trying to fashion his way into Hollywood as far as like a fight choreographer and a stunt coordinator. So that, that makes that, that was an easy, almost easy guess. <laughs> I mean, like it, it just, it made sense. I, I knew you would get it too. Yeah. Uh, so there is a quote, uh, director was not satisfied with the movie's fight content claiming years later in put up your Dukes from 2010, that fight choreographer, Frank Dukes did not deliver as creative of martial arts scenes as he had conceptualized and i thought it was still pretty damn good though you yeah. know like as a non-martial artist myself i thought it was pretty well edited there's not a whole lot that i you know like would sit there and be like oh that was a weird cut or or whatever um i think if anything that special move at the very end i'm still trying to figure out like did he did he like kick him in the face like you it, know because it's yeah, just that, so fast and the that spin. corkscrew spin yeah. midair kick i guess he catches him with one of his feet but i love the oversell of silverio too whenever he hits it he does like a a flip like a rolling flip whenever he gets hit by it too so yeah it's just i guess you just have to sell the move more than you need to but you know uh, the one scene in the chop shop i thought that that was the one scene that felt different from the rest of it because that's yeah. in a situation towards the end of the movie and i don't know if you want to jump ahead or anything but we could talk about it later but you know it, but basically it's just like that as of right now that that one scene was one that I felt that Mark Dacascos as an actor, and I guess as a character, he wasn't really utilizing his Capoeira style, more or less brawling. And I think it's just because mm -hmm. he was more angry about certain events that have transpired. But I think that's the one scene that felt a lot different from the rest of the movie from a fight choreography stint, because you have to do some stunt work. Like you have the bad guy with the, the saw, you know, the power saw that's swinging at him and stuff like that. So and like um, I I love uh, that sequence because you get to see him, you know, with what, what essentially is a bow, and, mm -hmm. and then uh, well, and then we get the, the the knife later on, the sword. The welder is actually played by Frank Dukes, which I found out today. <laughs> That's so, amazing. That yeah. is fantastic. That I did so, not know. Yeah, Frank Dukes is is the welder. Um, That's incredible. I, I, so I didn't finish up my story. I just completely forgot about this. But before we started recording, I was sharing with you like this movie. It was on HBO all the time, and mm -hmm. this was, you know, like you know, for those that weren't around before streaming, you would have a slot on like a few different HBO channels, you know, like HBO one, two, or whatever, and it would be only the strong ends in fifteen minutes, but then it will start again for the next, you know, <laughs> days or whatever. And so, yeah. like, if you if you come, and that's how like a lot of us. You know, maybe you just catch like a movie always at the same spot. Like, oh, for some reason, I just, you know, the, the part that I just be like, oh, this is on and, and now start watching it. But I remember we used to have a cable box mm -hmm. and I think we had guests over and, you know, like I'm 10 years old. Right. So like I'm hooking every, uh, uh, the cable box. I bring it into my room and, you know, so, so I try to watch it in my room. My stepmom comes in, you know, and she's like, you know, new to the family. So like we don't really have that relationship yet. She's all like. What are you doing? You know, you, you you basically she's she thinks that I'm gonna watch like you know naked stuff or dirty something. Movies. Yeah, yeah, dirty movies, and 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 so 
you know, she, um, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm trying to watch this, this movie. I don't know if I told her a channel or what it was called, but, um, she takes it back outside and I'm kind of forgetting the details. Cause this is like the first time I thought about it in decades. <laughs> right. But, um, I think, I think she realized that, yeah, I was just trying to watch this martial arts movie and she may have tried to call me to come out and watch it. You know, like, because I, I just remember the tone being different, you know, from like her yelling at me in the in the room <laughs> to like her calling me over or maybe because I don't think she was like, hey, you can come grab it. You know what I mean? Like, I think maybe she was like, hey, you know, you can come watch it out here, you know, kind of thing. But this is one that uh, I, I just really enjoyed. You you mentioned uh, Tekken and I had to look it up. But yeah, Tekken 3 came out 96. Mm. So uh, it, it, it must have been an inspiration for sure. Um so let's I, I want to start with this question. Why isn't this movie bigger? Or why wasn't this movie bigger? I'll give you one anecdote that I did find out in the little trivia here. I forgot who um was quoted, but they were basically saying uh Mark was filming uh Double Dragon mm-hmm. and that just ran long and that was you know that has his own story but mm-hmm. because he was still part of that production he was unable to show up for uh for uh you know to to promote at press conferences or whatever the situation was and you know things would keep getting postponed ultimately just being canceled so him and um Paco who plays Silverio like it was them two plus I think Sheldon was supposed to be making like these trips and then some I'm sure but uh they kind of blame it on that like the lack of promoting and you know making the news junkets or something like that because mm-hmm. like again i mentioned like i feel like this has everything that 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 would make for a really good 90s action flick i agree and i think i read something a while back that something happened in a couple of movie theaters that there was uh gang violence and fighting and it happened to be during one of the screenings of this movie. And I think a lot of that negative press prevented movie theaters from showing anymore because they didn't want to have any kind of issues similar to that. And I, I don't know. I think that's kind of a, a bad excuse because, you know, things don't get caught wind on a national level, the way that they do say in 2023 with social media. Cause back then you, you didn't really know about a lot of the, those little like local issues that were happening in a lot of smaller cities and stuff like that. So uh, that's one thing. Um, I, I don't understand how this movie wasn't a big hit. I really don't understand how Mark DeCoscos himself wasn't a bigger star this guy, it's it just kind of baffles my mind to be honest with you. Like he's a he's a good looking guy. He's built like Van Dam. He's shredded, and he did a lot of his own stunt work. He can do all of his own stunt work. Apparently, when he was a little boy, like eight or nine years old, he was winning karate champions, you know, at junior levels. So he's a legit martial artist himself. His parents are martial artists. Yeah. He was literally born into it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, his legacy as far as being this combat fighter is legitimate. So you bring that into the movies, it's an easy transition, especially when you have the look and you have the ability. I just, I personally think that Double Dragon did more damage to his his brand or his credibility as an actor than anything else, just because that movie was one of the biggest flops of that year. And you know, love it or hate it, it didn't do well on a national, you know, on a on a film level, and it didn't do him any favors. And Scott Wolf himself, the other one, the casting of that is just weird anyway. 
Yeah. I mean, like you said, though, Double Dragon could be its own episode. But moving on from that, I just feel like that did more harm for his his um, future, his career. But I will say, though, that there is a movie that he was in in the mid 90s. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It stars Kadeem Harrison from A Different World. Or Drive. Drive or Drive. Okay, Drive. yeah, Drive. Drive is one of the most underrated martial arts action movies I have ever seen. It is so good. It's a uh, director, I think it was Steve Wang, who did The Giver. And mm. this... I just... Yeah, I um, Blue Beetle came out. I go, how how do we not have like a new version of The Giver before <laughs> yeah. Blue Beetle? That's exactly what I was thinking. And... um. But Drive is such a great, great action movie. One of the best of the 90s. And it, nobody's ever heard of it. And it's unfortunate. And again, oh, yeah. it's well, it, me and you. Well, yeah, other than <laughs> us. Yeah. But I, you know, just try to push more out for DeCosco's film career. And I, again, I don't understand what happened with the movie. But I guess if they weren't marketing it, you know, you can make that argument, but a movie should still sell itself if it's good. You can get word of mouth. Maybe it didn't get enough theatrical distribution. Not enough screens had it. I, I don't know. I, it's just a really weird reason why this wasn't a bigger hit than it actually is. I mean, because like um, even if the, the people that said like, well, yeah, I saw it and I didn't think it was good. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that may be so, but like think of like the other Van Damme movies that came out that we're not good. And I know that's Van Damme, you know, and, and at that at that time, we're talking about, you know, apples and oranges. But um, it's just, it has a good baddie. Well, I liked what you said about Severio, about how, you know, like, it's a bad guy with, like, a very similar discipline. It almost kind of, when you said that, I was like, oh, man, that's almost kind of like like Rocky and, and freaking mm-hmm. Drago, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it's like a bigger version of him, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and more gritty because you know it's the the barrio that raised them and in, in, in whatever mm-hmm. you know but um a couple of the other things you made a really uh interesting uh remark that i i didn't even know about the, the all the, the violence and fights you know during showings mm-hmm. it did bomb at the box office like it didn't even make its money back and it was like a six million dollar budget yeah and uh it, it doesn't even look that bad it, it is filmed in miami uh, I at the chop shop was probably a set, you know, but it's a pretty good size garage, even if it was mm-hmm. on location, yeah. you know. So, um, it's got your ragtag, uh, you know, team of, of, of misfits, you know, that that are just bad kids. So, you know, Mark was not your Van Dam, but there there are movies as small as this that go on and be successful, and and create you know like uh, big careers and mm-hmm. so like with this one i was you know after my rewatch i was like what is it missing from other movies around that time because this is dangerous minds with Boera. yeah you know it's it's it is not as violent because that's rated r you know but like it's it has that potential so i was like are are we one up and coming rapper away from <laughs> kind of getting it in that crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Cause, cause uh, you know, there, there's like a, there's a little dance sequence when, when he starts to get like some of the kids really into the, you know, the music and, and, you know, I'm um, taking him a little bit seriously, you know, there's this little super nineties dance move. And yeah. so like, maybe it could have appealed a little bit more to the kids of that culture as well. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's got this, this artist in it, or was it one hip hop song from, 
getting it there as well, like a gangster's paradise. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not gangster's paradise, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, you absolutely. Know, if if can't help falling in love was in this song, I was just about to say reason. they needed UB40. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. They they needed that or um or or, or informer if informer <laughs> yeah you know was having clips of only the strong in the music video this had been because like people apparently knew informer more than than i did informer was snow was the rapper right informer's yeah. the song yeah okay so that was a blind spot for me until i got into podcasting and that came up during something probably nostalgic you know like number one song informer like what the hell is that i don't even know what that is you know so <laughs> but that was a blind spot and so like i i, I feel those one of those two things could have made a, a bit of a difference. You make one of those lead kids an artist or or, or something. You know, like I don't know who's up and coming. I mean, you think about uh, Ice Cube in uh, Boys in the Hood. Uh, MC8 was in um, uh, Menace to Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so, something like that. You know, uh, maybe, maybe you could let me see. This was Florida. I don't know who was uh, Trick Daddy was, was a little bit later. <laughs> Yeah, a little, you know, just a little bit. trick daddy, a little you baby know? daddy. He's trick you know, baby, <laughs> trick baby at this time. You know, like um, I can't. I, I'm kind of like Luke. You know, maybe maybe uh, a song from like Uncle Luke. You know, could, could have had a hit song on there. Um, you know, something like that. I mean, because even even Little John. Why do I know he's he wasn't he wasn't Florida was he? I no, know he's he Atlanta. did a lot of, I thought he was right, Atlanta, yeah, like Georgia based. Yeah, yeah, because he did a lot of stuff with JD, uh, JD Jermaine Dupri on um, Souls of Death Face All Stars. You know, he produced some of those songs too. So, yeah, that makes more sense. You know, I like how you're saying it like it needed a hook song because this is also a time like the 90s, especially, and I guess the 80s too. But yeah, really, sound, it soundtrack. was really soundtracks were selling just as much as ticket prices were. And I think, and, and a lot of the 90s movies, you can still associate a song to the movie just because of that's how things were marketed back then. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we got to push Aerosmith and Armageddon, or we got to push, you know, Coolio or, or, you know, Celine Dion and Titanic stuff like that. Like, you know, it's just, there was always that association that you had to have to hit the zeitgeist. And that's a good point. I mean, they didn't have that. It didn't have that level of popularity. There was nothing there that, and like you said, Van Damme, he was already a household name, so he can release mm-hmm. a clunker and people will still go watch it. And then they'll still go watch his next one because it's Van Damme. And I feel exactly. like if Mark DeCoscos had one hit movie prior to this one, like this would have helped this movie out. But he unfortunately did it. And it's just it's, it's, so, it's so unfortunate, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's got a lot of good like little beats in, in, in the film, too, where it's like, no, they, they, they you know, uh, like I feel some of this. Uh, could have been based on on stuff that happened to you know either Sheldon or uh, Louis uh, mm-hmm. Esteban, and um, some of it just just felt very real. Uh, whether it's relationship, you know, the, the little bits that it's um I I think it's not as formulaic as a let's just do a martial arts movie. Like I feel like they really tried, mm-hmm. you know, and a little inside baseball for those that you know like that kind of thing. I I did uh, try uh, reaching out to. Um, Ryan Bolt Boltman, I, I think I said his name was, uh, who plays Donovan. Um, the the funny thing is, like, I tried doing this for his 25th anniversary five years ago, where I reached out to him and he said, "Try again the following year." He was going through quite a bit at the time, mm-hmm. and so I so I, I pulled that up just to see what year that was. And coincidentally, for the tw- tw- 25th anniversary, and this is the 30th, 
So I tried try reaching out again. I, I just I, I want to hear some stories about you know like what 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 did you guys think when you guys were making this film? Because mm-hmm. again, it kind of checks all the marks. Uh, like like it's got a good baddie. Like I I feel if anything, we could probably use another 10, 15 minutes of the film, mm-hmm. fleshing certain things out. You know, maybe get a little bit more Silvario. You know, as a bad guy because I like him and I like how he gets his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, he can have a right hand man doing all the dirty work and then he just shows up at the big fight at the end but mm-hmm. he's out there um you know vandalizing the school with with his cronies and right. you know, and all these things so like i, I like that but maybe we could have gotten another three minutes uh, of him doing other things you know maybe stuff uh, more stuff with orlando to see you know like yeah, we know they're cousins but like let's see them do some cousin shit you know like some right. family stuff Let, let's see how close he really is to his cousin because mm-hmm. maybe um when orlando takes on his cousin later on maybe that's uh feels a little bit more earned mm-hmm. you know uh, to to really go against his cousin over this new uh, teacher you know just for reasons um i kind of like the, the stuff with the uh, diana you know having been a, a former girlfriend of his and so there's kind of like his in into like some of the um, kind of championing on like, yeah, let's, you know, let, what do we have to lose? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, th- this, this fight in the schoolyard got the kids attention. Maybe we could do something with this, you know? So I, I like a lot of these little beats mm-hmm. and it's like, man, what, what was it? Cause there's, there's a, a number of people that I do know that love these type of movies. It's just like, yeah. Oh, this, this movie's great. Mm-hmm. Why was it bigger? I do, I do like some of the more stereotypical aspects of things too. Like the Jamaican bad guy is very oh, sure. Jamaican, and you know, even Silverio, he's got a very thick Brazilian accent. And the the actor you mentioned, his name Orlando. I actually thought that from an acting perspective, he was really good in this movie, and yeah. you really believe Great. his internal struggle of trying to have a sense of morality and knowing what's right, but yet still being tied to this from a familial standpoint, because I mean, that happens to a lot of people where, man, you know, it's like, I, I, I know they're not a good person, but that's my blood. That's my family, me familia and all this and that. And, and it's just really sad to see that struggle because you don't want to disregard your family. But, you know, also in his case, I thought his performance is is really good and it's funny because some of them border between kind of kind of bad but also really good and even donovan like some of the younger students i thought were really good in this movie and i think that's something that can be that isn't really looked at either i i think that people don't like the movie but then well did you not like some of the performances like even jeffrey lewis jeffrey lewis is an old school actor man he's so good he's, he's a he's a like he's one of those actors actors you know right and he's so he, good he's... in this movie Kind of like um, uh, this is a really weird comparison. Not in terms of the talent, but like he he's everywhere kind of guy. You know, like uh, uh Paul Giamatti. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like you 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 see uh Jeffrey Lewis and it's like oh hey him you know I like yeah. him and you he know? fits in everything that he's in. You know he could be in <laughs> Clint Eastwood's every which way but loose, and then he could be in Double Impact as you know taking care of uh the Van Damme's character, raising him up and stuff, and. I thought that's obviously why he made it into this movie too. Sheldon was probably like, Hey, you want to come in and play this kind of patriarchal role where you're a mentor kind of like you just did in double impact. He's like, yeah, why not? Like you said, man's man. Sure. Let's do it. And I just, he has a great look to him. Oh, very distinct. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, like you said, you know, he just, he just fits in everything. And like, um, 
as as a viewer, I don't know what it is. I, I love watching extras, mm-hmm. and I like watching people's reactions to certain things. Um, because like I I like watching behind the scenes stuff, and I and I know that if the director wants, he wants to do more takes, and so like I I want to see if it, if everyone's like still like paying attention, if they're still mm-hmm. like following directions, that kind of thing. But not only that, I also kind of pay attention to certain movements uh, like uh, of the actors, and so like one sequence that always stuck out to me every single viewing and it happened again this this time around when uh mr well, what, what's his character's name um, mr kerrigan mr kerrigan yeah. so when he's showing lewis around the new dojo you know and he's like oh yeah that's the front door and he stops he thinks about it, he turns around the other way and points at it again it's like yeah yeah that's, a, that's the front door it's kind <laughs> of a weird thing to that 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 to, to point out for yeah. for me but it's just, it's just something that I always notice, and I'm like, man, he's so good. It's yeah. just so subtle, you know. Um, yeah. And it just, it just it just feels real. All those little things that that, that he does. Um, you what mentioned did, some of the yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking of the performances. Like, what did you think of Dacascos's performance? Like, I mean, did you? Uh, yeah, no, I I thought he was really good, and mm-hmm. I mean, just just the character alone. This guy's got the military background, right? So, so you know, you, you're supposed to kind of think like this guy's got no fear, mm-hmm. or at least he's not scared of a lot of things, right. you know. And so, like one of the things that I really like is when he tries to go find Orlando, you know, and mm-hmm. then he's on at the basketball courtyard, and then he meets Silverio for the first time. And uh, I don't know which clip I'm going to play at the beginning of the episode yet, but it <laughs> might be this one. But yeah. I just one of the lines because it's so bad. But I love it because because it's just like it's kind of badass in its own sense. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's why it was written. Yeah. But uh, when Savario is trying to like poach him, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I'll I'll give you all these things. You work for me. Yeah. And uh, and then I think his response was like, you know what I think? I think I should leave before I puke over your nice shoe, your nice new fancy shoes, or something yeah. like that. Whatever. That <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm just like. Ooh, a sick bird! You badass! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, come on! You know? <laughs> Just—it's just a really, yeah, it's a little out of place. But I was just like, you know, only he can stand there alone by himself in front of all these guys and say something like that. You know, yeah, and them could do it too. I'm sure, but you know, like this is his movie. Well, you know, um, it's funny because like his performance too. It's just he's he's really good in this. And that's something else that the stereotypical action hero of the eighties and nineties didn't really show, show off that quality so much. Like you weren't seeing Schwarzenegger or Van Damme Seagal, especially in these really great performances. They were always kind of one note. They were Seagal or Van Damme in another movie or another situation. Mm -hmm. But I actually thought, yeah, he was really good in this movie that, you know, the puke on the shoes line alone, but I feel like, yeah, that's another that's another plus in the Dacascos side. You know, he he's a good actor. I think he's doing really yeah. well with this stuff. Good. No, that's that's a really um, uh, a, a great observation. You know, like I didn't even think about that. Right. He's he's natural in acting and performing the martial arts, mm-hmm. you know, like some some might be stronger than the other, you know, and, and but he's very well balanced in that, you know, um, like the scene where they're like kind of proposing to the faculty members about this program mm-hmm. and nobody's really in his corner and, and he's about to leave, you know, mm-hmm. and just like the body language and, you know, I'm out of here, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All these little things, like, I don't think there's um really anything that sticks out. I mean, just uh, aside from some of the like lines, but that's not him. That's just what's on paper. Right. You know, it's like, he's doing the best that he can, but uh, I think it's more of an editing thing, like uh, the performance demonstration at the end, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I don't know if it's the same um, 
same footage, but it's where he's like, wow, you know, when oh, he's yeah. like, oh, that I think they used that twice, possibly. Yeah. You know, so I mean, other than that, I, I thought like he really nailed it as uh, is it Lewis Stevens? Is that his name? Lewis Stevens. Yeah, yes. Lewis Stevens. Which you know, just another one of those <laughs> fit him either. And I always thought like his ethnicity too. I I, I was always wondering like Hawaiian. He's like Hawaiian, Spanish, and I I think he has Asian descent as well. I, I'd have to look it up, but he I mean, you look at him and he could he could pretty much be all three. It's it's bizarre. I mean, again, that yeah. goes to his his good looks. I, I know it sounds like I'm crushing on Tacascos. Well, it's probably because I not? am, but oh, I, I hey. mean, who couldn't? You know, he attended PSU, Portland State University here in Portland. That's incredible. See that, that I just I just learned something today. Yeah, that yeah. is. He went to PSU. Um, so uh, let's see here. Let me see. So his parents originated from the Philippines and were of Chinese, Filipino, and Spanish ancestry. Okay. Um, now his mother is of Irish and Japanese ancestry. Wow, Irish Japanese. That's interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that is that crazy. He, he went to school in Portland too, though. So there you go. There's a there's, okay. there's, there's so so we're basically related, you know. I'm, yeah. I, well, I so am I. <laughs> yeah, you just go <laughs> I'll take the Spanish so, side. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad he's doing things now. You know, he was in John Wick uh, four, right? John chapter Wick four. three. It was chapter, chapter three. three. My apologies. Yes, yeah, so I was gonna. I, honestly, I was, I I've only seen the first one. I, I oh my god! I'm behind. <laughs> yeah. I'm behind. It's okay. It's okay. We talked about this. Yeah, we. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say I was going to bring that up. How excited I was to see him in John Wick Chapter Three. This big budget Keanu Reeves feature in this huge franchise, and here's Mark Dacascos as a hitman, sushi chef hitman who. His, I mean, I, I'm not going to spoil anything because his his character in the movie is so good because he shows so much personality in that role and he's funny in it. He's like, he he's very comical and in in situations that you're like, uh, that's kind of dark, you know, like almost like dark comedy. And he's so good in that movie. And here you are. I'm like, where? Yeah, of course he's great in this. He's been great since he started making movies. Where has this guy's career been? He should have had 20 of these movies already, but that's just another another complaint about his non-existent career basically. I wonder, I mean, I'm not not trying to compare the um like the popularity like between like this and and the show I'm about to mention, but um like like Arrested De- uh, Development, I came onto that very, very late. Mm-hmm. And one thing I often hear about it um, from other people is that they, they felt like it was a show ahead of its time. You know, mm-hmm. and then you get stuff like The Office and, and Modern Family, you know, the filming style and and the, and the comedy style. So, like, I feel this movie was ahead of its time. Like, it had all the right things. Maybe it came out a little too early. Mm-hmm. You wait a couple of years, 95, slap a... Um, you know, a top 40 song on there, <laughs> maybe a much bigger hit, you know? Yeah. And also true. you got Mortal Kombat coming out in 95, 94 was Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. So this was just a little soon for kind of the, I don't want to say resurgence of martial arts because Ninja Turtles was coming back 1990, mm-hmm. right? So it never really quite left. It, it just kind of petered out towards the end of the 80s. Even the Party Kid 3, I think a lot of people were crying out. And it, I don't know if this was a... um a like an intentional choice to say like uh the the faculty meeting the i think it was the principal he's like um brazilian kung fu or something like that like you know 
like I, I feel the uh, people <laughs> would generically say like, oh, like a Brazilian karate, you know, like something like yeah. that. So I wonder if they went with Kung Fu because it's like, man, not a lot of people talk about Kung Fu, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, yeah. So I just, yeah, it might have been ahead of his time. And we forgot to mention that uh, Zoom Zoom was like renewed for the, the Kia commercials. It was Mazda, Mazda, Mazda. My bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was one of the cars. Zoom 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 Zoom. zoom. That's <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's see. It's it's got your um, uh, montage, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's something that they they kept from like the eighties uh, action montage. You you mentioned earlier performances. Yeah, this, this guy was a, a bit of a dope, but I still liked his character nonetheless. Um, it is uh, Christian Clem- Clemish Clemosh, uh plays Eddie. Oh, you know, he's yeah, kind, of a, yeah. kind of a jock. So I guess he's the bad yeah. guy jock. I just yeah. love the introduction of him. Like Lewis, just he's just he just walks into the the school. There's a security guard that doesn't even stop him. No big deal. Yeah. And he just goes to wash up for it, and then like. Eddie, you know, who was like, hey, you know, what can I get with a 20? Licks the 20, slaps <laughs> on his forehead. Yeah. It's, you know, like, you know, post 2020, you're just like, that's fucking disgusting. It is one. really gross. <laughs> you know, but also like number two, who licks like any bill, you know, and slaps it on their head like that. But, you know, like it, it, it's still <laughs> a funny introduction because he's a bit of a, he's kind of a, the, um, the, uh, uh, the, the, what's, the, what's the term? The comedic relief. Of, uh, oh yes, yes. Of, kind of. Yeah. Of, you of know, those guys. He, he has a line delivery in there where he's making fun of the other student. He's like, "Mr. Stevens, I thought oh. we was going to learn how to kick ass." Like the way he <laughs> yeah, says that, good. it's so funny. And I'm like, "Yeah, this yeah. guy's pretty funny." I mean, he's a jerk, but but he, it kind of made me laugh. You know, I just referenced this scene, not that delivery by Eddie, um, but. I was telling somebody, I don't even know how it came up. I was just like, oh, yeah, there's this movie. It's called Only the Strong. And, um, you know, he's very much like, you know, one kid in particular is like, you know what? I wouldn't mind being in this class. And he's like, but what, what are we doing? Like, I thought we were going to go straight into, like, learning how to kick ass. So, it, yeah, I, I think I was, maybe it was my son. You know, I think it was just trying to teach him, like, patience. Like, no, like, you'll eventually get there. You can't just come in and immediately learn something. That might have been it. Yeah. That might have been it. Because <laughs> that, you know, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing is like, and this isn't that big of a deal because I still like like uh, the dynamic between Orlando and Lewis, mm-hmm. but like um, I don't think he necessarily needs a, a Daniel son. Right? You mentioned Mr. Miyagi right. earlier. I don't think he yeah. needs that. That's fine. Like he has a class, and mm-hmm. I like what he does for. Um, Shay? Is that the the name of the the, the Jamaican little brother? Is that uh, the, I, the, the the kid? Yeah, yeah I know who you're talking. I, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't get their their names straight of uh, this time around. I as much as I watched it, I, I didn't I didn't have all their names memorized. Um, Orlando was easy, obviously. I mean, they film in Florida, Orlando. Right. But, yeah, Donovan I mean, is easy to remember because he he does a lot with the music. He's the one with the boombox. He re-records a good character. The, yeah, and he's a good kid. It seems he's the one like. that dies. And, yeah, and definitely you won't forget that. <laughs> You won't. You know, I was I was wondering about this because, like, uh, upon my rewatch, I, uh, I again I wasn't trying to see what I remembered. I was just like, every time I rewatch some of these movies, I just take it in and like, oh, let's see if I pick up anything new this time around. Right. And um, so I kind of forgot that. Wait, wait. Now I'm blanking. Does Mister Kerrigan does he die? No, no he, he doesn't die. Okay, they, okay, okay. He, they, they go just, in to save him. They, and right, right, Donovan right. like gets back to get that the the music stick that Mr. Yeah, yeah. Stevens the uses. Instrument, yeah. yeah. 
the the music stick yeah the instrument that's a better that's a better way of saying that usually it's the other way around right exactly but yeah so kerrigan yeah he survives okay and, yes. uh so I, I forget that he gets his moment with silverio as well and and yeah. they kind of give him a little like hey you know you got a little fight in him yeah you think it would have been it's not needed it's not needed at all but um you think it would have been too far to have Silverio or and I'm not looking I'm not talking about like sexual assault or anything like that. Do you think it would have been too far if they if they as, as some way assaulted her like to to for for uh, Lewis to see her like later on maybe with a black eye or something you know if she got smacked you know something I, like that. I, they were alluding to that by him when they when he approaches her in the parking lot right right but yeah I think they definitely held back I mean also PG thirteen they PG-13, don't want to go yeah. full death wish on this or anything yeah but I think that 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 definitely was implied I think that was what they were trying to say well we can imply that he will hurt her by approaching her like this because he's already made comment of her when she was out at the bus, when they all come back from the field trip and stuff. So he already has his eyes set on her. So I I guess that predatory sense, it allows us to believe that, yeah, he definitely would do worse to her if given the opportunity to. So I I guess they just didn't want to show that. No, no, I I completely understand. It's not something I I would want anyway, but um, because I I was just wondering, I was like, why go with vandalizing the school? Because, I don't know if he cares about the school. Like, I think he cares more about Mr. Kerrigan. Right. And then, like, the idea of, like, may- maybe this could be, like, a legacy for him to pass on, you know, this martial arts that he learned from, I guess, Brazil. Um, You know, like, so- something like that. Like, and so, like, yeah, harming, uh, like, a loved one. Yes, Donovan dies, you know, and, and that's a direct uh, impact of what Savario did to the school. So, I mean, I guess I do like that. So I kind of talked myself into it. But, um. Yeah, yeah, just one of the students, you know, who he grew close with. So, yeah, well, so I, I th- go ahead. And I'm I'm thinking about earlier during the the basketball fight, the the court scene, the fight when they have and and he defeats Lewis and he still says, "Well, I want you to teach him the basics and I'll teach him the streets." So, I want but then it's kind of weird because you know that he's going to teach him from a more positive approach. So why would you still want your cousin to be around this guy? I always thought that was a weird loophole because you you know that his tutelage will not match up to what you would want him to be. And then, yeah, to go and destroy the school, like I guess his end game was to get Lewis fired so that way he's no longer the teacher from the school or something. I don't know. It's just kind of – it was kind of yeah. a weird motivation because then what does he care about the school? What does he care – like what's the point he's trying to make? He could just take his cousin out of school like he even says so he's like my cousin is no longer enrolled in this school like okay so then why did you why are you burning the whole thing down you know if you have nothing to do with it but yeah just and, those and little that, plot holes. well and that's what i'm saying like you know maybe just a few more more minutes you know here and there with certain characters or give us you know like a, a scene of something you know and, and and maybe it just make a little bit more sense you know give us some motivation yeah. or whatnot you know because like i was also wondering i was like what why does orlando stay in school you know because like if his doesn't can take care of him. What 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 does degree a degree matter to someone like him? You <laughs> right. know, and so maybe we can get more family dynamic, and maybe mm-hmm. we we could find out that it, it's not so much like just having that degree that would actually mean something to Orlando, right? You know, you know, a ticket out of here. You know, like maybe we can have just that little bit. And so again, like a lot of the parts were right there. It's not even execution because I thought it was still executed very well. Mm-hmm. It's just like these little things that you know maybe it was even mentioned in a, in, a, in a treatment before. Um, 
who knows, you know, they are cut out or whatever. But yeah, just just these little little, little tweaks or just you know filling in certain gaps. I think um, this could have made the movie um, like I don't I don't know if it would have made it even more successful. But like like this is still a pretty good movie. We're just like man, why why wasn't it? you know, bigger, but then just to make it a little bit better, we, you know, we could understand the, the characters a little bit more. Uh, there was something I kind of wanted to circle back on. Um, was it, was it the school? No, you, you mentioned uh, when Silverio is like, oh, you can teach, you know, my cousin or my, my guys or whatever. Was that, you may not recall, but I was going to ask if that was before or after he calls them Santos, you know, like, when, when does he was that after the fight because i'm trying to remember it's like he, oh you're a saint like are you he, too good i don't he, want he calls him that like right when he meets him because he's like oh the teacher mm. you must be a real saint a santo you know because that was okay. like right in the introduction okay. so uh, yeah again that doesn't match like you know he's in it for good intentions so why are you even trying to trying to give him a job with your with your crew you know he's not going to take it but well, i guess maybe that's him pushing it to see what he can do against him, but yeah, well, n- number one, he's got a ponytail, and we we know what ponytails <laughs> mean. They're they're, yeah. they're bad guys, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Terry Silver, Terry you know, Silver, number one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I, I think the other thing is like him being a bad guy. You know, they talk about oh, all the cocoa I can snort, you know, and, and things of this nature. I think he's just one of those guys. Like, you know what? Everyone can be bought. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just Silverio. You know, he thinks everyone can be bought, yeah. and and uh, so, so let's see. You know, then, you know if you. Uh, did they go over the stakes? I'm kind of forgetting now. Um, I just saw this too. Uh, you know, like who wins, what what happens, kind of thing. Do they? Yeah, he says. You know, you. He, well, actually, the first time in the first fight, he was like, "Why don't we see who the true Capoeira master is?" Mm, Basically, yes. he was like challenging him to just let him know that he is the best and he's about to prove it. So I think that was kind of what was at at stake right there. But then at the end, the final fight. That was more established. Like, I don't know, but getting into the finale of this movie, there's a whole like fantasy element to it that you really have to just take in as a happy ending for the movie. Because if this was real, I, these guys would have guns for one. They yeah. would have oh, been yeah. oh. spraying these kids with bullets. And the fact that they're getting the upper hand on them, it was just kind of silly. You got to give the yeah, students the, like the, the, the three kids who excuse themselves to go. <laughs> yeah. Kick, yeah, kick, yeah. Kick the guys. <laughs> and it's so silly. And then like the fact that Orlando basically says, this is my cousin, you know, Oliveira. And he, he was the one that set the fire. He killed my friend Donovan. He's like, would you be willing to testify? He's like, yeah, I would. I'm like, okay, well, he would be killed. <laughs> and, you know, like that wouldn't happen. So fair, fair. It's just uh, like hot, hot take. But, take but you know, you just want to be the see the happy endings, of course. Yes. Um, This is probably a hot take, but that sequence better than you got the juice now. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I'll sign off. I'll sign off yeah. on it. I, I, I like it better. Yeah, you know, I do too. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's pretty good. I mean, like I understand you got the juice now. Like that's it's a great moment as well. This one might have an edge. Like I, I, I like all that it means. You know, yeah. like, we're taking down my. I like, yeah, he's my blood. I don't care. You know, nobody's gonna hurt. Uh, be you know, no more lives. Maybe less lives will be lost. You know, right? <laughs> Some, something like that. So no, I, I like the message, and you know, PG thirteen. I mean, maybe maybe that's that's what it is. Uh, would have would it had improved rated R? I mean, the stakes could be raised a little bit more. But I think Silverio could have been just a. I, I think he could have been feared a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just a few more minutes with Silverio, you know, mm-hmm. 
it could have made us a, a little bit more scared. That's, that's, um, that's a good point that you say about the PG-13. I keep remember, reminding myself that it's something like Juice, Hard R, you know, that that's like some urban gang warfare, like really tough yeah. stuff. Whereas, you know, this movie is PG-13. So you got to look at it from a perspective that maybe kids are going to still watch this movie because it's not completely rated R. So you want to have it be a little bit more of a happy ending. So that kind of answers my own little issue that mm-hmm. I've had with mm-hmm. it. So um, there's a, the sequence when they um, kind of do their, their acapella, you know, para na way. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of like the Karate Kid Part Two, you know, with the drum, you know, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. let's lift the spirits with this thing, yeah, you know. Uh, so, so there was that. Um, there, and I see, I keep forgetting, like, there's all these thoughts, you know. Uh, I, I it's I a know, lot to think of in a 90 minute movie because that's it's yeah. such a short movie, it's over in a blink of an eye. Oh, yes, okay, yeah. What, what I was gonna say is, like, you know, um, to kind of sell up how bad Silverio actually is. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we could have also had a like, you know, um, you know, break Superman, break Batman's back kind of kind of sure. sequence, you know, and then maybe that fight, you know, the stakes are a little bit higher. Like, ah, we, we saw what happened last time. Yeah, he got beat on the basketball court, mm-hmm. you know, but like it was fine, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you know, what it I mean? was like, the I, worst I, beating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 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 maybe something like worse than that, maybe another fight, or yeah, I, I think um he just I, I don't think he feared Silverio enough mm-hmm. and like I you know I know I talked about like well he was like you know army special like did, did they say army ranger or he said special Ray? forces I think is what they one say. of those so yeah. we're right he's a badass so mm-hmm. but, okay so you can walk up to a basketball court court knowing that you're outnumbered that's cool but I need something where you just fear Silverio just a little bit more just a little mm-hmm. bit more you know because yeah. I know he's a little bit playful kind of charming as a bad guy as well but I need something, you know, and, and maybe Silverio could be one of those talked about bad guys of like, oh, Silverio from Willing the Strong. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Nobody's yeah. talking about him. No. Nobody. No. We talk about the movie and wondering why it wasn't bigger, but there's not, you know, that that uh, there's no references made to this movie. Right. Nobody just talked about it. Nobody talked about it then. They don't talk about it now. It's almost like if you don't bring it up, it just doesn't exist. And it's really, that, it, really sad. Know? So I, I I just wish that like you know there's a um a song that was associated with this movie because somebody sh- shares that song on Instagram or on Facebook boom it's gonna take you back to that movie oh yeah. remember I remember yeah. only the strong you oh know? yeah but, and and that's what it was just like you we were saying you know um, some of these big hits you know Whitney Houston and It's Just Paradise and used to buy um, soundtracks because of just like one song and I get rewarded. There's all these other ones. I mean, you know, off mic, we were talking about um, uh, looking to my eyes, which was on Batman Forever. Yes, it might. And that also, yes, might have been. Was, oh, wait, wait, yeah, it was yeah. Batman and Robin. It was Forever. No, it was Batman and Robin, Bone Thugs, because oh, okay. that was the one with Jewel, Foolish Games, because uh, Forever okay. had Kiss. So Kiss from a Rose was uh, yeah. Batman Forever. Forever. Right, right. Okay, so I had the years running. Yeah, 97, Look Into My Eyes. That's, that's, that sounds, that's Batman and that Robin. Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Batman and Robin. So um, I can't tell you what else was on the Batman and Robin soundtrack other than <laughs> Look Into My Eyes. But, yeah. but Kiss from the Rose, I, again, like when I hear that song, boom, I, I start thinking about the music video. Right, right. Batman Forever. Yeah. You know, so just one of those things. Um, 
Anything else you could think of as we uh, wrap up this episode and we'll get into the ratings and uh, see see where we uh, what we think about those ratings. Yeah, I think that there was one shot that I actually love in this movie and it's like a it's the camera's on, pretty much on the ground shooting upward. It's where Lewis is on the basketball court and it happens a couple of times, but in this one in the basketball he does like a backflip and then a standing backflip and you see the camera like shooting up and he's doing this backflip. And I don't know, there was just something about that that looks so cool and he does it again at the end of the movie so it was almost like okay so the backflip is like his trademark move and uh, yeah. i don't know i just really like that aside from that corkscrew kick that you talked about earlier don't know how that was effective but it looked pretty damn cool <laughs> yeah and i i don't i don't think this would have helped the movie at all but if, if we saw him like working on it and then like he's able to like execute during the big fight right you know maybe maybe like the kids could have uh, loved it a lot more i mean we were kids loving this movie as is mm-hmm. but like what's was, the hardest uh maneuver what's the hardest offensive kick in capoeira he's like oh well it's the corkscrew kick you know you have to do your 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 jenga that's what he says is the jenga you do it like five times like the triple deke and mighty ducks <laughs> <laughs> and then you just unleash the corkscrew kick i don't know that would have been yeah, better the corkscrew know- kicks like the knuckle puck you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. The, uh, the the chop shop fight. There was another. Uh, there's a move. I think. I think maybe he jumps off like the hood, and the way he jumped mm-hmm. off, it kind of reminded me of Guile a little bit. Okay, you know, to kind yeah. of tie it back to Van Damme, I feel. Yeah. And he's um, wearing like, camo he, in it too. So. Exactly. E- even in camo, he would have been a better Charlie in '94. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. Even in the remake. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, they had what? Um, uh, uh, Chris. Chris Klein, Chris Klein was was uh, Charlie in oh, in the God. in the, the, the Legend of Chun Li. Oh my God, what a disaster! <laughs> that was Yikes. such a bad one. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see what the what the internet says about this uh, movie. So, um, Run Tomatoes. All right. So it did go up from zero percent, as as I suspected. Uh, it is currently thirteen percent on Run Tomatoes. <laughs> And IMDb has it at six point five out of ten, and and I get that, and I, I like that that's because it's a little average, better. yeah, right. So that that's an average rating. So most people like it. So dumb question, but which do you side more? Do you think Rotten Tomatoes is more correct or IMDb? Uh, uh, IMDb, one hundred percent. What what would you actually give it if you were rating it on IMDb? What would you give this movie out of a ten star? I would say about a seven and a half, and a lot of that is on personal preference, personal history, and just you know, just how much I love the movie in general, like a bias, you know, I I always try to like separate my ratings because if I love a movie growing up, I'm going to look at it differently than I would from a critical standpoint. But even as a critical standpoint, like I think we've laid out so many more positives on this movie that even I forgot about. So I would probably stick with a seven and a half. I think that's pretty solid. It's got a lot of great beats, you know, like uh, if, if I actually had taken notes, I feel, you know, I could have had so many like this, like they, they didn't have to write it this way and it could have been a little bit more simpler and lazier, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they actually put in a little bit more thought, you know, yeah. like uh, even the, like the, the, the little things with the, uh, the principal and the um, Mr. Sant, uh, the, the, the one that Diana was kind of seeing. Oh, the other teacher, that other, yeah, the other teacher. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically the, the principal was all like, 
Yeah, you know, this seems to be working. Like those two kids, they would have shot each other, but but right. this, you know, they have learned discipline in, in that whole field. He's like, hell, you know, we can we might give them the the gym or whatever. That <laughs> yeah. whole discussion, like like it, that, could have been simpler and a lot more lazy. Mm-hmm. But like a, a lot went into like kind of thinking about the dialogue, you know. And so so like I I think it's a little bit more clever than maybe people remember. Um, yeah. yeah, I I, I that, really like this guy, movie. In that scene, he said something like to the extent that he's like, "Oh, great, he's giving them a more effective way to kill each other." <laughs> right, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I, I I like it, and and even like him teaching the one student like overnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like overnight, and he still, I mean, like we're sure that he still could have taken Eddie, but, but he's got a bit of an ad, uh, advantage now because right. like the movements and it's part of yeah. defense as well. So, um, so yeah. So uh, we both recommend it, obviously. Oh, and yeah. uh, like I said, you guys, uh, it's uh, available on the YouTube. If you guys want to check out this movies, if it's been a while, I own it on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. DVD. Same. I had to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I have, um, I have the cover art. I, I see it here on, on Google. It's um, Lewis and, Lewis has the he has the the, the basketball court clothes on so mm-hmm. the the white tank with the maroon joggers or whatever mm-hmm. what pants his arm and, up in the air or something like yeah, that. yeah it's a very yeah. has no shirt and probably his pants which by the way mm-hmm. shouts to the both of them being able to fight with like dress pants uh, <laughs> right. Lewis had a whole ass dress pants with a button up shirt at the very end yeah it's a very old you know just the dress pants um on the on the beach there so oh, yeah. um. I really like the end scene. I know we didn't talk about it enough. Kind of, kind of just mentioned it. Really, it, it, it was really cool. And you know, to, and to see it bookend with his buddy that mm-hmm. gave him that instrument in the beginning. You know, to bring that all back. Oh, Noble, at the graduation. The graduation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Not sure if I would have needed him, like Lewis, to call in reinforcements. But I do wonder, like, could that have changed anything? It's like, okay, man, that would have know, been pretty sweet. <laughs> maybe a, a longer fight. You know, it would have yeah. been a longer fight. More people involved. So. So, um, I mean, doesn't need to be remade, you know. I'd watch a part two if mm-hmm. if, yeah. if there's some people from the original movie. I don't sure. need a part two just for the sake of like attaching it to to the original film. Yeah. So, um, Stephen, uh, as always, a pleasure to have you on here. Um, for those that enjoyed this conversation, again, Howard the Duck, Bloodsport, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. And the movie game, which is fun, which I, mm-hmm. I think, if I remember correctly, there was some controversy over that. I'm very bad <laughs> at keeping score, and so yeah. I feel like there's a redo that needs to be made. But yeah, again, Screen Addicts, where people can find you. Um, I know you're also putting stuff up and something new to announce. Yes, um, as well as the Screen Addicts podcast, we're on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. Even me, myself, at cinema underscore Steven, I do a lot of my own content and branding over there on Instagram and um, and Facebook. And TikTok is kind of doing pretty well. I do movie reviews over there just for fun. If you like to watch them, that's great. If you don't, no problem. But uh, I'm at cinema underscore Steven on TikTok. But I'm actually really excited to announce that we have a new podcast that I'm going to be doing. And it is going to be um, called Real Problems. It's the Real Problems podcast. And that would be R-E-E-L. And I was thinking about a lot of things that have transpired on production sets of movies that have had very you know a range of issues whether some actor was throwing a fit about something versus someone who actually lost their life on a set so i'm going to be chronicling each movie and going into a little bit more detail of what happened on that particular movie set 
It's going to be a weekly episode. I'm pretty excited to do that. And it should be launching pretty soon. I'm starting to work out some things. But until then, you know, Screen Axe podcasts are still out there. We're still weekly. And uh, my co-host, Chris, he, um, I mean, he's great, man. I, I love that dude. He's like a brother. Um, you know, we would probably learn Brazilian capoeira if he, if I asked him to come join me in a class. And it's just, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got going on right now, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I will definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, real problems. That's just something up my alley. And uh, if you didn't mention it earlier, pre-recording, I think Double Dragon could be added to that, you know, oh, uh, after yeah. our conversation here. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah well, for me, you guys, uh, you can find me uh, at Podstalgic on both uh, X and Instagram, if we're calling it that. That, that letter X. Um, I still say Twitter. You know, I tweet. I do too. I tw- you know, it's just, you know, it's not X.com. It's still Twitter.com. So, right, you know, until right. they change the URL, I guess. But, um, you know, if you guys enjoy, like, the other things I do, uh, I also run uh, Companion Network. I think that's what it's called on Instagram. But basically, um, that's where you can find me sharing everything that I do from both, uh, well, both, but now I just added another podcast, The Cobra Kai Companion Twisted Metal Companion and the upcoming Obliterated Companion based off of the uh, new Netflix, uh, Netflix series, a show created by the creators of Cobra Kai. So all the stuff that I'm doing, the companion stuff is basically all connected from from uh, Cobra Kai. That's where it all started. So uh, Companion Network is where you can find all of that stuff to find all those, those links if you're interested in any of that other stuff. So I know I don't put up uh, enough stuff for Postalgic, but that's I'm doing so many other uh, other podcasts. So um, so check me out there. You know, check out some of the other stuff that I'm doing, and hopefully, you know, maybe I can get back to doing this like bi monthly or something, or maybe monthly. Who knows? We'll see. But. Again, thanks, uh, you guys, for your continued support. Steven mentioned it, like, anytime he sees a new episode pop up. So I appreciate to everyone that still subscribed. And, you know, like, at the very least, you guys, if, if you guys do enjoy Postalgic, if I decide to hang up Postalgic, I will at least have an announcement episode to let you guys know. But uh, the fact that you guys still continue to subscribe to me, I really appreciate that. And uh, so, yeah, till the next episode, I'll see you guys later. This has been a production of the Companion Network.